Hey y'all, it's Allie. Welcome back. Uh, how's everyone doing today? Did you eat? Are you hydrated? Did you listen to the Frank Ocean and Young Thug yet? Uh, did you take your meds? Are you having a good day? I hope the answer to all those things is yes. Um, I just wanted to check in before you start this episode because we are talking about uh, medication today and an unfortunate side effect of medication for a lot of mental illnesses is suicidal ideation and just thoughts of suicide and all those kinds of horrible hellish things. Um, so there is a lot of discussion about death and dying and suicidal ideation in this particular episode. Um, and that's just something that we wanted you to be aware of before you get started so you can kind of decide if that's something you feel like hearing. Um, so I hope that you have a good day and I hope you enjoy the episode and thanks for listening. Three lights. Camera. Again, you're doing it again. I'm taking a stand. You're taking a stand. I love it. I respect it. Um, do I respect it? No. I would never want anyone to respect me in my life. Look at (laughs) my dating history. (laughs) You're so lucky because... Neither of us are in any danger of that. Wow, great. Anyway, hi. Hey, welcome back to Mentally Chill, the world's only living mental health podcast. The only one. Where are your doctors? Just kidding. Oh <laughs> just kidding. We're not doctors. We're no one's doctors. I would just love to announce one more time, and probably just like for legal reasons every episode. Although we do have excellent legal representation, so... Yeah, try and sue us. I wish you would. Fight me. Don't. I'm weak. (laughs) I'm strong. I'm emotionally weak. And I like fighting. I like fighting, and I have a fight club. I'm a Capricorn. I don't know what that means other than everyone thinks it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a bad life, so it makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of my bad life, let's just get right to it. Let's just hop right into it. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Today's an exciting day for me. My health insurance may or may not have kicked in. I'm having a lot of problems, but I saw my doctor anyway. <laughs> okay. And I am on my first day of Wellbutrin again. Nice. Welcome yeah. to the club. Wow. I'm also on Wellbutrin. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I hope you like it. I hope it works for you. Wellbutrin's like the only one that isn't an SSRI, right? Uh, yeah. Well, there's other ones that aren't SSRIs, but this one... Um, is really activating. That's the one issue that people have with it. What like, does that mean? So, kind of just like you get hyped. Like, Yeah, that's what my doctor said because I do have anxiety issues. She was yeah. like, this, you might be, you know. And then there's ones that kind of really fucking chill you out. Yeah, um, I love chilling out. I love chilling out. I took Lexapro in college, and we were considering Lexapro for a little bit because I've been in such horrible, depressive episode lately. Mm-hmm. But um, instead, I went on the complete opposite end of the spectrum and decided to try out Wellbutrin again. I tried it really briefly before. Oh, did you? I did. It um, made it hard for me to sleep, but I don't feel like I gave it that much of a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like, that's such a thing with meds is like you have to give them a ch- like a chance to work. But sometimes it's hard. Like, I've been on antidepressants that have just made my life so much worse. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's certain antidepressants I will start and just, like, everything around me becomes a weapon, and I'm like, hmm, 
this is weird how I'm instantly 10 times more suicidal than I was. Yeah, uh, when I was in sixth grade, that was when I tried my first antidepressant. It was mm-hmm. Zoloft. Oh, yeah, that was my first one, too. I was in seventh grade. Yeah, it was well, fun. <laughs> cute. It was it's cute. It's romantic. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my first one, and I remember that it definitely made me suicidal. They. It was before they did any of the studies, though, about how, like, don't put your kids on these antidepressants or they might kill themselves, mm-hmm. and... I was one of those kids that wanted to kill themselves. So. Yeah, and it's so confusing because you're like, I mean, you're young and then you started this medication and you're like, this isn't making me better and you get, it's scary. It's yeah. scary to be young like, I mean, it's scary to be starting really any medication at all, um, but it's scary to be young like that and just be like, what, why isn't this fixing me? Yeah, and it's crazy to go from oh I want to die to oh I want to kill myself and Mm -hmm. also you're just going through puberty yeah yeah that's true there's like it's just ultimately a very bad and confusing time (laughs) I don't like it I wouldn't wish it on anyone I know I got I definitely got hotter though so yeah shout out to puberty well that's what happens because it would be gross if you just said that you were hot when you were 13 but here we are (laughs) (laughs) and yet um Yeah, I think that, like, going on meds at such a young age, well, I've been, like, on and off of them since I was 13, because there were times where I was like, oh, I don't need to be on meds, which is just, like, I'm finally at a point in my life where I've realized and accepted that I cannot be without them. Yeah. It takes a lot. It is. It's It's a scary thought. I mean, there's, I've weaned myself on and off of antidepressants probably, um, 7,000 times, no less. And every time it just kind of comes full circle to be like, okay, this is just something that I need and cannot actually function or live without. Yeah, I'm glad I'm past the point in my life where um, I actually kind of listen to people when they're like, try making a schedule or doing yoga or making a list. People are like, if you wash your face... And use coconut oil and drink a gallon of water every day. It'll cure your depression. And you're like, um... I can wash my ass and stretch all I want and I still want to die. Yeah, like, like I, yeah, and, like, there's definitely things you can do to, like... Help. Sometimes make it easier on yourself, but, like... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say that... I mean, because there are varying degrees of depression and there are people that can function without meds and there are people that... And I appreciate that people want to help sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it is a lot of times really misguided. If you play with that thing, it's picking up on the mic. I'm going to rock your little ass. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Either way. Um, I have ADD. I can't take, I can't take my Adderall now because I'm on Wellbutrin. Oh, so it's you real can't take hard. both? No, because it's too activating and I already mm. have anxiety. So yeah. it's going to be real difficult. That's why I have to be on Lamictal, which is a mood stabilizer. Right. Because otherwise they're worried I'm going to go into a hypomanic episode. Yeah, those aren't fun. I mean, they are fun while they're happening. Yeah. For me. I have such a good time. I have the best time during my like manic episodes. It's like, wow, this is amazing. I'm in New York. What am I doing here? <laughs> I'm rich with hundreds of outfits. It's like, what? Did, how did I get here? Where did these come from? Yeah. How long? Have, when's the last time I went to bed? Wow. Yeah. Well, my when I've been in depressive episodes, my therapist told me during my last time I saw her, she was like, wow, I, I just almost wish we could 
push you into a hypomanic episode. And I was like, oh, what a thing to say. <laughs> what wow. a sentence. I'm yeah. going to rock her little ass, too. The last time I was in a real hypomanic episode, though, I was so productive. It was <laughs> right when I started sales. And I was spending 12 hours in the office. And I got promoted wow. within three months. Amazing. When we talk about how I keep jobs, it's because I enter kind of hypomanic episodes, mm-hmm. do better than everyone else because I become insane. And then I start to fail, but I'm able to like coast along and yeah. during my depressive episodes to a point. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So thank God for hypomania, I guess. Thank God for hypomania. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it is like easy to say like, oh, I love my mania because sometimes I really do, but sometimes most of the time it's very very destructive absolutely i um i don't know what your manic episodes look like but i throw away all of my clothes i throw away every single thing i've ever owned um i obviously don't sleep or eat um i go to the gym like three times a day do you take your meds no of course i don't take my meds oh i don't know i mean i wish i i wish i did but i don't like, do usually. you stop taking them, or do you usually go into a hypomanic episode because you haven't taken your meds? Um, well, so I, my bipolar diagnosis is pretty new. Oh, okay. So I was not on a mood stabilizer until very recently. I was only on an antidepressant, mm-hmm. which is really dangerous for people who are bipolar because it can send them into constant mania. Right. Um, so I really had no idea what was going on with me. I just thought I was depressed and anxious, and that was it. Uh, would that it were, but um, yeah. So my manic episodes just kind of. What was the question? I was asking if you took your meds. <laughs> oh no, I don't usually take them during. Um, I haven't had one in a while. I haven't had a bad one in a while. Yeah, I've been lucky, and now I'm on. Well, no, geez. I'm on an antidepressant, which I'm um, actually cutting down on because Mm -hmm. I'm also on an antipsychotic. I'm on Seroquel. Mm -hmm. And I am on a... Well, I'm about to start a mood stabilizer as well as I'm on Clonopin. Which mood stabilizer? Probably Lamictal. Fun will be twins. Cute. (laughs) God, this is so sweet. Um, I just started uh, taking... Uh, oral birth control again. Oh, okay. Which was an interesting time for me to choose <laughs> to start the pill again. Um, I don't remember it having because I know that people, I know women who've like really gone through it. Yeah. Um. So I just kind of threw it in there. I thought it might be like just like a fun little science experiment for me to just kind of see what's up. I have an IUD. It's Do you? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I don't know why I'm so scared of them, but I am. Getting it put in was horrible. I heard that it hurts really bad. They I didn't tell me it hurt. They made it sound like it was just going to be... I just thought it was just going to be like, you know, pass me. Like, I'm going to get finger banged by my gyno, and yeah, it's going to be good a, for both of us. I have a really hot gynecologist. <laughs> but no, it like... Oh, I threw up. and Really? I threw up. I thought I was going to faint. I started sweating. I was supposed to go to Italy to meet up with my mom and our family friends. You missed Italy? Hell no, I didn't miss Italy. I just <laughs> had to throw up a little bit first and faint. Um, 
And then they started, they brought me a Capri Sun and they were like, here, will this help? And I was like, I need at least four more. Go get me four more. I was so, I was a monster. I'm going to need four more Capri Suns before we can even. And they told me I couldn't leave. So I drank four Capri Suns and then I was like, I need more Capri Suns. And they thought I was nuts. So they went to go get the Capri Suns and then I snuck out like sweating profusely. I didn't check out. And then they started calling me and I was like, I'm already on the way to Italy. I can't come back. (laughs) I can't come back. And then I bought everyone pizza. Wow. Rich. I know. I've actually never been to Italy. We should go to Italy. It's going to be awful, but okay, too. I, like, walked in once, and I got so overstimulated. I had to die. Yeah. All right. We'll um, take a Yeah, we'll take a convent on the way. I'll take an Ativan, which is my other pill. Yeah. Okay, so my pills are... Well, now I'm not on Adderall anymore, which is... I've been on Adderall on and off since the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on... Um, I'm on now Monwell Butrin as of today, and I take Ativan, and it's okay. I tried getting off of Lamictal and convinced myself I was getting a necrotizing skin disease and I was going to die. Oh. That's a side effect of Lamictal in some people. Really? Yeah, if you play around with Lamictal, it can really fuck you up. Like damn, yeah, which is super scary, but it's also an amazing pill for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so um, sometimes overwhelming to like look at the side effects. Yeah, because you're like, what the fuck? Like, it's like, oh, it'll either make you super happy, or you'll die, or you'll die, or you'll have a necrotizing skin disease. Yeah, or you just like you'll like grow six nipples. Ooh. Fun. Sexy. I'm yeah. not like other girls. I have six nipples. At least. Eight nipples. <laughs> At least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, well, think <laughs> I freaked myself the fuck out because um, everyone knows that in addition to looking exactly like Kim Kardashian and being a Kardashian, <laughs> I share Kim Kardashian's sexy skin disease, which is psoriasis. Yeah. And I don't actually have I love any that about plaques. You. Thank you so much. I don't really have any plaques. Um, it'll just come up as like a couple bumps on my skin. Uh-huh. And John- I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just <laughs> thinking about saying I love that about you. <laughs> like, all right, so Allie's laughing at her own jokes. But anyway, <laughs> um, I had two new bumps like a couple, like a week after I started uh, oh. weaning myself off of Lamictal on my own, like an idiot because it should have oh, been supervised. Yeah. And so it should I- always, I cannot express enough just how much it should always I be know. supervised. Like, Obvious again, not a doctor, but I will say, don't ever take yourself off your own meds. And I think that yeah. any doctor would agree with me. Yeah, it was like I didn't have health insurance, and so I was like, well, I don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And also, I was in a depressive episode, so mm-hmm. why not get rid of that pill? Well, the reason is because Lamictal is mostly for mood stabilizing. Yeah, and so it's really to help with my hypomania. Okay, and I was so depressed that I was. I think there's a part of me that was just like. Please, 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 like, me. throw me into mm-hmm. hypomania. But that's real. Yeah. And so then I found a couple bumps that were just like a couple little dots that were actually psoriasis, but I assumed that it was a necrotizing skin disease right, and naturally. put me in a tailspin. So, yeah. I mean, how's my lesson? <laughs> yeah. When an antidepressant or medication is working for a while, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm cured. I don't need this. I'll just stretch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time, I for- it's like I forget that I am on medication that I take every day. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, I feel amazing. This is amazing. I'm cured. 
Uh, yeah, you fucking dumbass. It's your medicine <laughs> that you take every day making you feel that way. And I'm like, <laughs> what my what? No, I'm actually good. I was so strong this whole time. I didn't even know it before. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just like so weird. Like how, I mean, I know a lot of people who have done that that are like, I don't need this anymore. Like, I feel great. It's like, yeah, you feel great because of your medicine, which is something that took a really long time to click with me. I loved doing that to myself all the time. <laughs> yeah. The other pills I've been on, I've been on uh, Zoloft, the one that made me want to kill myself. Zoloft super made me want to mm-hmm. die really bad. Yeah. I was on Lexapro, which turned me personally into a zombie, which is something I really needed at that point in my life. Yeah. I uh, had a 4.0 in college. Well. I was great, but. I want to talk about that for a second. Is like. There's so many people that will be like, oh, it'll just turn you into a fucking zombie, man. And it's like, yeah, maybe. But, like, medication is a process. Like, you're not... You might get really lucky with the first thing you try. Mm-hmm. But, like, probably you won't. Probably, like, your body, you're going to be just, like, a walking science experiment for, like, the next couple of years trying to get it right. And I know that that sounds really discouraging. But to me, that's actually encouraging because it means like just because one thing doesn't work for me doesn't mean it's not out there you know yeah and honestly with Lexapro like I said I was thinking about going back on it because it turned me into like what sounds like a zombie Mm. but I kind of felt warm and safe like like I felt normal and stable and I didn't feel bad like I would know bad things were happening but they didn't feel so bad and yeah. it was really safe um it was a really safe feeling can I ask if you were in therapy at that time I was not no that's um for me something that's been really important is to be I have made the mistake of thinking I can do just therapy and I have made the mistake of thinking I can do just meds yeah um and it turns out you kind of need both I need both Right now, I can't afford the co-pays to see my old therapist, so I'm unable to do that right now, but I try to um, really capitalize on the emotional labor of my friends. Yeah, well, of course, but also, like, there's sliding scale options. Yeah, absolutely. I'm and looking like, into them now. That's good. And, like, for you guys listening, to, I know that there's always... One thing with medication is cost, and, and therapy is cost. Mm-hmm. There's sliding scale in every city. You just, you have to, sometimes you might have to, like, look really hard, but there's, like, that's always an option. Yeah. And then with being able to afford medications, it's really hard when you're uninsured and stuff, but there's, like, um, there's good RX. There's, what else is there? There are places... You can go for coupons, and it might only save you... Yeah, they have a lot of coupons, and if you tell the person who's prescribing you about it, and actually just go to the pharmacy, and if you can just go to the pharmacy and ask the pharmacist, they have a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. and if one and of the pharmacists is being a bitch, you. ask for a different one. I've yeah, done that before. me too, but like for the most part, I found that pharmacists want to help you mm-hmm. they want you to get your medication and they don't want to see you paying five hundred dollars for it yeah everyone thinks the system's fucked it well because it is it's so fucked but yeah i definitely agree it's not like they make commission off of ripping you off yeah so i would just say don't give up in terms of if it's out of your price range don't give up if you are taking a new medication and it's not working for you because like we said it's 
a lot of it is time. Yeah. And then a lot of it is just, um, unfortunately, a lot of trial and error. Yeah. I, and I, like, as far as therapy, because I do think it's worth mentioning, you know, um, it's hard for a lot of people to see a therapist. I 100% encourage people to look. It's hard for me. I had a therapist really violate boundaries before, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of problems with doctors, so it's hard for me to want to go see a new one, but it's something I'm working on. And it's also worth mentioning that if you're in a really bad episode, uh, there are a lot of resources that I've had to use before. The suicide hotline, there's a couple numbers you can call. They're actually now they have a chat online and they have texting. Sometimes yeah, it's if too you have hard anxiety to anxiety about talking or if it's too hard to talk. And you like also I think one misconception I always had about a suicide hotline is like I thought I had to be like, you know, pills in hand, like ready to do it. Like no, you can just be having a bad day and you can call. Yeah, I kinda like, liked being online too because I Or be online or text or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating for me sometimes because it's like these are just people that are volunteering their time for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it isn't, it's by no means like enough to just call the suicide hotline. But it's worth mentioning that that has helped me when I've been without a therapist and I was feeling like I wanted to die. So yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's a million people to talk to and we'll do another one about actual therapy and I can unpack all those traumas there. Yeah, baby, I love unpacking. And then repacking because uh, I have stuff to do. I want to save it for later. (laughs) Yeah. I want to present it to my next lover. Just a little dessert. (laughs) Hey, baby, I got you a surprise. It's all my past trauma (laughs) coming to fuck shit up. Um, Okay, so we were at Lexapro turning me into a zombie. Okay, yeah. And it made me feel. But I went off of Lexapro because I convinced myself that once I moved home that summer, Mm because I was in college, I was like, all right, well, I don't need it right now, and I had it in my head that I could just go back on it when I needed it, and I had a very irresponsible psychiatrist who's now in prison, story for another (laughs) podcast. I I have a doctor in jail, too, but he was just like a regular doctor. Okay. Okay. Uh, Not like a psychiatrist or a therapist. Wow. Wow. Relatable (laughs) to us and no one. Which I didn't even know that he was in jail until I showed up at the office for my appointment and his name was like peeled off the window and his office was locked and I was like, what the fuck? Wow. And so I'm like calling the number and it's just like ringing and ringing and then I like Googled his name and I was like, oh, he's in jail for Medicare fraud and one of the doctors in his office wasn't a doctor. Hmm. Fun. Anyways, sorry to interrupt. (laughs) It's all right. Um... I don't remember what I was saying. What were we talking you about? were saying Lexapro, and then oh yeah, you were so it, so I went off of it. I went off of Lexapro because I decided I was cured that summer, and the reason I didn't go back on was because I had the worst withdrawal symptoms of my life. Mm-hmm. The most recent time I got out of the hospital, I've been on benzos for probably like the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I lo- and I was taking them in the hospital every six hours mm-hmm. regularly. And when I got out, you remember this, when I got out of the hospital, I was in extreme benzo withdrawal. Yeah. um, Which was horrible. Um, I was having muscle aches. I was having diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) I was having, I couldn't sleep. I was in complete, I was in agony. Yeah, you weren't sleeping at all. I wasn't sleeping at all, and I had no idea why. 
And then I don't know if you said it or if I was like, maybe this is it. But I know you gave a couple to me. I did. I actually did find some under my bed, which was cool. I think I see one right now. I don't know what that is. I have to. There's like definitely loose pills all over my floor, but it might. It could be a Seroquel. It could be a. I think this is an Ativan. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice, sweet. I can double check later. Yeah, I love um, one of my many hobbies, especially back in the day when I used to do drugs all the time, would to be. Just finding any pills and on the ground and being like, this is mine now. Giving birth to my dog Peaches really turned my life around because now I can't leave my pills and oh yeah. everything everywhere. I can't leave alcohol or my snacks everywhere. Damn, Peaches. I she <laughs> fucked my life up. She makes it so I can't just like leave my house for days at a time and stumble in at odd hours man fucking she's so selfish i know i'm putting her up for adoption i'm gonna party i love her she's so good she's so crazy she's my emotional support animal but she needs a lot of emotional labor and support so she's really who's emotionally supporting who you know what i mean woof i'm gonna get you That's like my last relationship where he's like i'm gonna help you out (laughs) emotional labor yes Wow. Who's supporting who? Men are so evil. That's so true. Uh-oh. Heteronormative. Oh, yeah. Sorry, but... But we're not. In my defense. In my defense, I've been hurt by a lot of men. I feel like I've had a lot of trauma at the hands of men. I've only had lightweight trauma at the hands of females is something I've noticed about my dating life. Yeah. I guess it's because... Can't relate. I guess it's because none of my father figures were female. <laughs> <laughs> um... I thought you thought of me as a father figure. No, you're just daddy. Oh. Well, this is good, actually. This is going like, to give me some accountability, because I can't just be like, guys, I cured myself About now. your journey. I'm going to beat your little ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, people want, people who like talk about mental health and wellness always want to call it a journey. I don't want to talk about I love in like, like, group therapy when they're like, it's going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be peaks and valleys. I'm like, is it a mountain or is it a roller coaster? <laughs> And they're like, it's a journey. It's a long and winding road. And sometimes you're in a valley and sometimes you're going up, up, up. It's just like, chill out, man. I would have the worst anxiety when they do those dumbass, like, cool down exercises. Like, mm-hmm. where they're like, you're on a beach and the tide is coming in. And oh, you my see, God. And it basically turns into, like, footprints. It's yeah, like, and you're so like, weird. okay, first of all. I can't focus on this. Yeah. So then you have, like, anxiety about trying to pay attention. I love in um, my group therapies when they're like, Allie, what's your coping strategy? And I'm like, I take a benzo. Yeah. And they're like, okay, but, like, what else? It's like, are you, why are you shaming me? Like, that's what I do because I need to be medicated. One thing I noticed about the um, program I was in was they told every single person they were an alcoholic. <laughs> like... Oh my god, mental health professionals love telling... You'll be like, oh yeah, I have just like four drinks, like maybe every couple weeks. And they'll be like, "Mm -hmm. sounds like... So, so are you worried about relapsing? And you're like, relapsing into what? what? (laughs) Like, like being crazy? Because that's my only problem here. Yeah, it was last summer when I was in an outpatient um, hospitalization program. It was when the Cavs were in the finals and every game was so exciting. And you literally only talk about time. Like, your only concept of time is 
in relation to the Cavs being in the finals. Have you ever That was the best moment of my life. It was about six months before the Cavs were in the finals. I'm from Cleveland, and it's me. So I have (laughs) nothing that's ever been good in my life. I just I think it's really sweet. That's what I'm I'm saying. I'm not like the other girls. I drink beer and watch sports. Um, are you like worried beer. about relapsing? Um, constantly. No, Wait. but they would like every like if I went to a game, if I or if I was watching the game, and I was like, "Yeah, we drank. It was really fun." They'd be like, "Wow, so you're trying to cope?" And I was like, "No, it's like an exciting thing that like I'm I'm excited yeah, about." It's just like a socially normal thing to just like drink beers when you're excited about the game. Yeah, and go, go like you go to a bar and you watch it, and they're like, "Oh, because you know you drank the last time they played a game," and I was like, "Yeah, like three days ago." <laughs> That's so wild. But that is actually something, too, that we should talk about is drinking and drug use on your medication. Yeah. We're good Um, at that. Yeah, let's talk about (laughs) We are at it. Uh, Definitely a do-as-I-say, not-as-I-do kind of situation. Also, I would never tell you what to do. Yeah, I would never tell anyone what to do. This is not an advice column, except for all the advice I'm giving. Yeah. I mean, I just think, like, it's important to know. Like, there have been certain medications where I, if I drink... I wake up the next day and I'm like, oh, this is a hangover, but it's not a normal hangover. It's like a major depressive episode that I've induced by drinking mm-hmm. a depressant. Yeah. Which is wild. Who would have thought? It's getting worse for me. I think as my hangovers are getting worse, so it's my emotional instability as a result of alcohol. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those doctors didn't know what they were talking about when they told me <laughs> not to drink Yeah, I mean, it's like in an ideal world... I would have a better life. I would ha- I wouldn't have to be on medication. <laughs> but um just like yeah, I mean like should I be drinking? Probably not. Will I be drinking? Will I be drinking? Absolutely. Yes. But it's definitely like important to like my Like you life. haven't been drinking right now. I haven't been drinking. Um, well, this is the whole podcast that we could talk about, too. Yeah, that's... I just... I guess I'm talking about specifically with your with medications. Your yeah. And I'm going... I'm really going to say this every single time, mm-hmm. which is just to educate yourself on the dangers of it. Mm-hmm. Ask your doctor about the dangers of it. Because, I mean, just, like, mental illness in general, like, I always say, it's like having homework all the time. Yeah. But, like, especially with medication, you just want to be... You want to be careful. You want to know what's up. I'm asking my friends to kind of hold me more accountable because one of the side effects of Wellbutrin is being aggressive and, like, snappy and hostile. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You were born that way. (laughs) (laughs) I was. Yeah, I did this before really shortly, and I noticed it, and I just immediately quit because I didn't want to wait for my sleep cycle to normalize. Yeah. Because it was during a really bad time at work, but... Uh, now that I'm in school, I feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Point being, I've asked people around me to kind of help me, uh, like, just check my bullshit. Yeah. And let me know if it's getting worse. So sometimes it's okay to ask for help with your support system if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, 100%. I'm trying to write stuff down, too. Yeah. I have a little journal that my mom bought me for, like, it's a five-year journal. Oh, and, those are, I want one of those so bad. Well, it's like it asks you questions, mm-hmm. and I've just decided the questions are dumb as hell, so I mostly just cross out the questions, and I try and write down, like, what, like, really quickly what happened. So, oh, um, you. Yeah, so classic me. So I'm hoping to try and actually stick to it with medicine so I remember how mm-hmm. fucked up I am. And it was helpful for me when I went to the doctor and I was like, okay, well, this is when my depressive episode was really bad. And this is when I almost 
check myself into the hospital. So yeah, that's yeah, journaling's important. I think for everybody, but especially for people with a mental illness, especially if you're a forgetful person who's on medication, to just like be aware, like oh, I started this then. Here's like a normal side effect. Let me check. Yeah, just like be keeping tabs on yourself, which is hard to do. But so is everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it goes without saying that being alive is hard. But it's never stopped me from saying it. Yeah, or being alive up to this point. (laughs) You've done a good job. Very true. Sorry we talked about dying a lot, I think, this time. Well, sometimes it bees like that. And sometimes it do. I do think that like... um, as a person who's been suicidal, um, we should trigger warning this. We need a trigger warning this. Okay. Okay. We will put one in at the beginning. Yeah. Don't let us forget. I'll put it in my journal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a person who's been suicidal, um, I think that it's important to admit it. Yeah. Um, I think it's like something that I do sometimes feel embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. And talking about it makes it just like, okay, this is something that happens sometimes. Feel like, like It helps me be accountable. Yeah. If I talk to my friends about it and I was like, like so I've been accused of making, like normalizing it almost mm-hmm. and like making a joke of it. And it's like, no, I'm actually like, this is the only way I can comfortably talk about it. Also when it's your normal, how are you supposed yeah. to not normalize it? Yeah, exactly. It's... And, it's, it's like accountability, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if I say, yeah, I've been, like, really suicidal lately, and kind of offhandedly, I'm not making light of it. I'm saying, like, hey, that's the closest I can come to a cry for help or, like, just to let you right. know so that, like, it's... I'm less likely to kill myself if people know that I'm suicidal, it, Yeah, that's that's yeah. very real. That's very, very real. I just call my friends at the hotline mostly, though, and hang up yeah, on them. Yeah, call the hotline. <laughs> hang up. Shoot them a text. Ask them what they're doing. I asked somebody, because I didn't want to talk about myself, so I was like, so what are you doing? <laughs> she was I, like, you can't talk to I me I have that. recently, like, I mean, not recently, but I used to, like, have, like, shame feelings about feeling suicidal. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I'm not 18 anymore. Like, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Yeah. Which is um, a whole thing, I guess. Right. But you can talk about that in a whole one too. Yeah, we might as well talk about it right now. We'll talk about I'm it all the time. About it. Um, and well, I didn't mean to like cut you off. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> like, lock it up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow, I have a lot to say about this. Yeah, but I just think um, I just think it's important to be honest about where you're at. I, guess. I agree. I agree. It's hard to be honest. Even about if where it, you're even at. if where you're at is terrifying and uh, yeah. horrible. Yeah. Ultimately, I guess if I could pick one main message from this podcast, it would be being on meds is scary and sometimes it sucks, but don't give up and what else? And know that it takes a while to figure it out and, you know, that's just unfortunately a fact of being on meds is that you're probably not going to find the right one the first couple times and I think that if you're prepared for that... It's a little bit easier. Yeah, nobody told me, like, oh, this might not work. So when I was, like, when I was having worse depressive episodes at first, when I started an antidepressant, I was like, this is, what the fuck? This is no I'm broken. Yeah, nobody told me. Yeah. Um, that life and sometimes some... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am broke. My Let's not talk about my love life. Um, Isn't it your joke? Your job's a joke? 
I don't have a job, and I I'm don't know saying, why you want to you bring it up. I was like purposely skipping that. Unlike part. me, <laughs> it's very gamefully. Played. Just kidding. I told you to shut the door. I didn't listen. <laughs> we love you guys. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, see bye. you soon.